would you 40 years from now, 50 years from now, or even on your deathbed, when you're taking your last breath, would you regret not taking that chance? If you think that you're going to have that regret, and that's kind of like my biggest driver of fear is I don't want to regret anything. If you have that fear or you think you might regret something, send it. <laughs> Literally just get after it because what do you have to lose? All right, welcome back or welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. This week's episode is with the very talented Claire Oswald. So if you have been following this podcast since the very beginning, if you're like an OG Eat Green, Make Green listener, uh, you probably remember episode number two uh, with my good friend Peter Oswald. Uh, If you follow me close, uh, you probably see him on my Instagram and things like that. So Claire is Pete's sister who, um, I, you know, met through Pete obviously. Um, but I hadn't seen her in two, maybe even three years. Uh, she had moved out to Denver and I just hadn't seen her since. Um, and we've been trying to make this podcast happen for the past year or so when she's back in town, uh, here and there. Uh, but, you know, it just never worked out. And I, I honestly felt like I was just talking to a different, uh, human being than who I knew three years ago. So it was really cool. Um, she has obviously been on, uh, an interesting journey, just, um, trying to find her path and her passion and, and having the, the guts to pursue that. Um, so now she is a professional photographer, um, and also is a health and lifestyle blogger, Um, and most of her work is out in Denver, but she travels all around. Uh, so we talk about Claire's journey from growing up in Boston, in Boston to, uh, like I said, finding her desired, uh, career in life, uh, why she started eating plant-based, how being in nature has changed her, how to follow your passion and why sometimes you just have to send it. Um, I really enjoyed this one. Uh, Claire's a very cool, interesting person. She took some amazing photos of me um, that uh, I'll post on Instagram uh, so you can kind of see her uh, skills. Uh, But I will let the conversation uh, tell the rest. So without further ado, the amazing Claire Oswald. All right, we're rocking. Oh yeah, we're rocking. All right, so I got I got Claire Oswald in the building. What's we're up, in, everybody? We're in Weymouth, and uh, so Claire is in for a few days yeah. from from Denver. Yeah, I got in on Monday, and yeah. I am here until early Monday morning. I'm making it back to Labor Day. Um, I assumed that the weather was going to be good because it's always good, and I wanted to be back. Um, but time to visit family, friends, and kind of knock off my list of things to do. Haven't been in the ocean and here specifically. I was just in LA, but here specifically, I haven't been in the ocean since probably May. So, so I you needed get, that you get, salt life. You get life. into the beach this yeah, week? At yeah. some point. Where do you go? Sandy or? Yeah. 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 I yeah. haven't really found anybody that wants to go with me because a lot of my friends moved out of town. But yeah. And Pete doesn't really like the beach anymore. So. Yeah, so weird. He was saying <laughs> that. He was like... He's like, the only thing, like, he, he's, he's talking about, like, going out to Denver yeah. or somewhere like that. And he's like, the ocean's great, but we don't use it. And I'm like, dude, you'd miss it. <laughs> <laughs> you would totally miss it. I know. But, he's like, I think I can only do one day at the beach. I'm yeah. like, I, I don't know. I'm skeptical about that. Because usually when we go, like, we do things. Yeah. Like, we'll go kayaking. We'll play paddle tennis. Like, we'll do things. No, we would never just sit around. Yeah, right. And I feel like he associates the beach with just sitting around. Yeah. So when I'm like, oh, I want to go to the beach, he's like, no. Yeah. I'm like, ah, like I want to go swimming. Like I want to do things. Like I, I'm living mountain life 99% of the time. So give me a little bit of ocean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so, at so some to, point I'll make it. Totally. So to give some people some context. So Pete is your brother. Yes. Who's been on the podcast. Yes. People 
probably seen them on my social media and things like that. Yep. So that's our connection. Yes. Um, as of, I don't know how long I've known Pete now. Since Long time. Since and I trained at MBX college. Yeah. too. Yeah, um, right. That's kind that's of right. our original connection. Yeah, MBX. When he started training there. Yeah. And you were training there as well, and I started training there for tennis. Yeah. So I've been like passively kind of following your journey. Yeah. Um, through like the, the sort of like post-college, like what the hell do I do for work slash like hating yeah. jobs slash yep. <laughs> liking some jobs, but it's not right and things like that, like mm-hmm. that I feel like everybody goes through. Mm-hmm. Um, most people never find the thing that actually they want to do or like to do. Yeah. So it's cool knowing that like you're in a place now that you're like fired up about what you're doing. Uh, but before all that, we can get into all that stuff. Can we like sort of give people background on, on yourself and life growing up a little bit and sort of your, your progression to, uh, to today? Yeah. Um, so I grew up on the South shore. I grew up in Cohasset, uh, beach town, Loved it. Uh, went to Thayer. Loved it. And I kind of had this idea in my head that I would always stay in Boston, which looking back on now is kind of funny. Not that I don't love it. I do. Yeah. But I had realized that there was kind of this deciding moment um, when I was originally doing my job search. So flashback, I already got ahead of myself. Went to Richmond. Um, did a very traditional internship, like worked in commercial real estate in Boston, lived in Boston for the summer, did the whole like Thursday night, go out Friday, go out for happy hour with your coworkers and then head back home and Mm -hmm. do all of that. And, and I liked it. I enjoyed it because I thought that that was kind of the normal thing to do. I was like, yeah, like I'm a Bostonian. I stay in Boston. Yeah. And, um, and I had this defining moment with my dad when I got back to school because I was like, what am I doing? Like, I don't know what I want to do. And I felt like college was supposed to be my defining moment of like, holy shit, this is what I want to do. And it wasn't it. I was in the business school and I didn't, really find what it was. I studied a little bit of finance and I was like, yeah, like that's not really for me. Um, and then I ended up studying entrepreneurship and I started working with one of my professors who really just took a lot of time to invest in me. He's like, I see that you are at heart, you're an entrepreneur. So I want you to go and work for a bunch of portfolio companies of mine and just get exposure, meet people, Mm. figure out what it is in that world that you may or may not like But regardless, talk to these people, ask them about their stories. And a lot of it was talking to people. I interviewed a ton of business owners through one of the companies that I worked for. I started this blog series for them that was Meet the Makers. Cool. And even to this day, I still have that in the back of my mind of Meet the Makers. And weirdly enough, I was in Aspen um, for closing weekend. And I walked into this coffee shop, and we'll get into my obsession with coffee. But (laughs) I walked into this coffee shop, and it's literally called The Local Shop. And right above where the espresso maker was and the coffee bar and everything was a sign that literally said, meet your makers. And I was like, whoa. You were meant to be in that coffee shop. I was literally meant to be in that coffee (laughs) shop. And it was something that I've recently kind of gone back to because I'm just like, wait, all right. All of these things are finally coming together, and I've had this weird, unconventional path of getting there, but, like, I am supposed to be here. So not taking that job where my dad had a conversation with me, and he's just like, I know this isn't you. You don't have to force yourself to do this just because you think it's the normal thing to do. Like, go and do something different. And then I go back to my parents. I'm like, I think I'm going to move to Denver. And they're like, wait, what? That's not what I meant. Yeah, that's not what I meant. You're not supposed to leave Boston, but like you should. But wait, what? So um, I ended up randomly applying to a bunch of different jobs, some in Boston, some in New York, one in Denver. And I ended up getting that job. And it, it didn't work out for a number of reasons later on. But I was like, okay, this is my opportunity to do something different. And... If I like it, I'll stay. If I won't, then worse comes to worse, I'll be in a new place for a year and I can always go back to Boston. Mm. Um, obviously, I ended up loving it because I'm still there. Um, 
But that's not to say that I didn't have ups and downs. I mean, I feel like no matter where you are, even if you do stay home or you go to a familiar city, you're going to have these weird internal battles of just like, am I really doing the right thing here? Am I in the right spot? Am I at the right job? Am I making the right friends? Like you just have this weird internal voice in your head that's just like, what I'm doing may not be right. And what if it isn't? Yeah. Um, so I had a lot of those debates and, and I'd call Pete and again, another defining moment for me looking back two years ago, I was six months in at Denver and I had a really hard time. Like I hadn't found my girl group yet. I was in a new job in a new place, um, new part of town that I didn't know a, much, a lot about. And it was just like, I think I want to come home because it was uncomfortable. Mm. And it's always in those points of being uncomfortable that you learn the most about yourself. So P was just like, no, don't leave. <laughs> like you, you'll find your spot, just give it a little bit more time. And then I started having a more open mind to things. I started saying yes to everything. And sure enough, I ended up meeting my now same friend group from, just from saying yes of going out and meeting people one night. Yeah. And I ended up leaving that job that I originally came for, but I ended up saying yes to working at Patagonia for eight months. Mm. And I met a whole new crew of people that were so invested in outdoor life mm. and really in touch with environment, sustainability, obviously, because that's Patagonia. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they just had this profound connection with the mountains in Colorado and going exploring Utah, going out to California or Nevada, just really wanting to experience all these new things. And that was really the first time that I saw that because not that we're not in touch here, but it's something so different out there. And yeah. It's kind of hard to describe. Um, but yeah, all right. So I kind of went on a tangent of yeah. just like, what's my story? <laughs> no, that's, that's good. No. But <laughs> a, a question I wanted to ask is like, and like I've seen it with P2 and I feel like it's kind of like, I feel like it's a little rare. And like, I, I guess my question is like, what role have your parents played in? Like, I feel like a lot of parents are like, they don't have the conversation like your dad had with you. Right. They're like, get the job, like, you yeah. know, get to, you know, work the nine to five, like work mm -hmm. your way up, like, you know, whatever at like, God knows where, you know, like, yeah. I feel like it's rare that like your parents were just like, this isn't you, you know? Yeah. I am so lucky that that was the case because, so uh, <laughs> I went through a couple jobs <laughs> yeah, yeah. after college, um, and I wrote about all of my experiences because that was kind of my biggest outlet was yeah. my writing. Um, so first company didn't work out. Patagonia, it was amazing. I absolutely loved it. I loved my experience there. Um, but I didn't like working retail and I didn't want to move to California because that would be technically the next step of working in headquarters. And I was like, wait, because now I've fallen in love with Denver. I'm like, this, yeah. is, this city is shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. I need to be here. Um, and I was like, I can't just pick up and go. Like, I don't want to have that as my next, my next step. Yeah. Um, so then I took a very, very corporate job and I was there for a year. And obviously, because now I'm at this point, still wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, but during that time, my parents were just like, keep finding your path. Like, if you think that this is the right step for you and you want to take this corporate job, go for it. How else are you going to experience something? Mm. So give it a try. And again, if you really like it and there's room for growth and you feel like you found your path, awesome. If not, we'll reassess. We'll figure out what's yeah. next. Um, and I took this job and it was a great experience for me because I learned a lot about, I was in real estate, so I learned a lot about um, the Denver market itself, and I, it helped me learn this city a lot more intimately than I had previously known, because mm. now we're in my second year of living in Denver. Um, so that really 
transform my outlook on a lot of different neighborhoods. And I just learned a lot of little coffee shops and mm. little boutiques. And I started befriending owners of businesses and, um, and other brokers that had like super cool side hustle type things going. So it, it did provide me with a lot of great knowledge and insight, but ultimately it wasn't for me. And, and I expressed that to my parents probably six months in, but I kind of needed to owe it to myself to stick with something for a year because at that point I hadn't been in a job for a year, like a real post-grad job. Yeah. So I was like, no, I can do it. Um, the day that I hit my one year mark, I was like, okay, bye. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like, all right, one, I proved it to myself, but two, like now I really know that this is not for me. And my parents were totally supportive. They're just like, yeah, like that wasn't you. And again, another realization moment of my parents just being like, I think at this point now you realize that you know that you want to own your own business. Mm. I've known that since I was four. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I never really knew how to go about it, nor did I know what I wanted it to be. Um, I watched and helped Pete grow Darwin. I mean, it was mostly him, but I was kind of like the person behind the scenes sometimes to help him and guide him and give him the best advice that I could. Um, My dad owns his own business. And they're all, and my mom, you know, runs her own business as well. Um, So they're all just kind of giving me that smirk of just like, you know what you want to (laughs) do. Just just send it. Like for literal lack of other terms, just send it. (laughs) And, And yeah, so I've come to a point where it's just like, all right. Yeah, I do want to do this because I've tried this. I know I don't like it. After that, I know I don't like it. Last thing I tried, I definitely didn't like it. And I've come into this realization of I can be my own boss. I can set my own schedule. Every single bit of effort that I put in will be directly correlated to an output. Um, and that's the biggest thing for me. Like I admit, I self-admittedly have control issues. So like I love to be in control of myself. And there are times where like, I am not a morning person. It is a miracle that I got here semi on time. <laughs> not really. But, like, you on time in my brain. Yeah. I know. I asked for the morning. I'm, in my head, I'm like, I need to be a morning person. Like, this will be so great. No, I'm just not a morning person. But, on the contrast, I'm such a night person. So, when people usually go to bed, I'm working during those hours. Mm. Like, I always, I listen to Gary Vaynerchuk and he's like, yeah, like, like after hours, like this <laughs> yeah, is the, right. this is the prime time, like 10 to two, like this is your overtime. And, and I'm like, no, these are my normal work hours. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is just when I flow. This is just yeah. when I flow. And during the day, like during the actual day, post-morning after my coffee, um, I'll get a lot of, so sorry, didn't explain. I'm a photographer now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, like where, how did plot twist? Yeah, tell I'm a us. photographer. <laughs> Tell us how, like, that all transpired. So my – this is actually kind of random, and I've been thinking about it because I was like, how did this happen? Um, so I actually started photography in high school. I took formal classes at Thayer, um, and my photography teacher was, like, total badass. Like, she was so awesome, loved what she did, um, and she, her classes consist of like finding different angles and like taught us the ins and outs of like how to manually work a camera. So I did have a little bit of background in terms of that, but I lost it in college because I was too busy being in the business school and partying my face off and like meeting friends and doing the whole college experience. Um, so I lost it. But when I went to Denver, I started my blog and it was more so for me than for other people because as I said earlier like writing was always my outlet like I've been Mm. writing almost every single day since I was four and I have journals of when I was four and it was like this guy was so blue today and like I played with the dogs like (laughs) but it was something and I wrote every day and so I had been doing that and doing that and I was like well I want to do this for myself I want to set up a website so that I can track my progress of first moving to Denver to wherever I may be in the future mm-hmm. and just almost keep track of like my mini decisions, my mini realizations, like experiences that I've had. And if other people read it, that's awesome. 
if nobody reads it, it's for myself anyway, so totally. I don't really care. But I realized as I was doing it that nobody really, at least like at my age, being a woman, like nobody has talked about kind of those realizations that you go through after college of just like, holy shit, this sucks. I'm yeah. a real adult now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, why did nobody tell yeah. me that this is kind of brutal? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I started documenting that and writing about it. And then I started having people reach out to me being like, hey, I read your blog. This really resonated with me because I'm going through something that's really similar right now. And it sucks. Yeah. And I'm like, I know it does <laughs> suck, right? But with those moments of being down, there's always moments of bringing yourself back up and finding other people that also bring you to your best self. And I documented that. Mm. And with that, I started taking photos and I was skiing a lot and I was looking around because I had never experienced anything like that. And just seeing the vastness of the mountains was something I've just, I've never seen before. And there mm. was something so magical and the energy that was there and just the people that I met with this insane positive energy. Um, I was like, I need more of it and I need to document it and I need to tell other people about it. So I started documenting and photographing a lot of my experiences and a lot of my travels because all of a sudden I was in a place where everything that I had never seen before was a car ride away mm. rather than a plane. Right. So, you know, in the, in the winter, I go to Vail and Beaver Creek and Keystone and all these resorts, um, Aspen I started going to, all these resorts that people from literally around the world yeah. pay and travel to hours upon hours to get to these really small places in the middle of mountains. Yeah. Um, I get to go do for a weekend. Yeah. And I am totally grateful and totally blessed to say that I can do that because I know that a lot of people take a lot of time and energy and money to get there. Um, but having that realization of all these places are literally a car ride away, why wouldn't I document it? Like, mm. and, and share how I'm feeling in those moments. And again, it's all for myself. So yeah. what do I have yeah. to lose? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's been fun being able to track one, how my writing has progressed two, how my photography has progressed because then I realized I loved it so much. I had so much fun documenting things. Um, I was like, Ooh, like maybe I should get a nice camera and started researching. Obviously like I'm watching vlogs with you Olson and, um, and they have like crazy tech yeah. equipment. I'm watching Peter McKinnon, who is my favorite, uh, photographer, I'm watching Casey Neistat, like all these big people that are photographers slash videographers. And I'm watching the way that they move with a camera and then watching, you know, how they use certain equipment. And I'm like, okay, well, if they're using these things, like I ended up not getting anything that they specifically use because I felt like I needed to grow into a camera. Um, so I ended up with my Nikon and um, and I am married to it. Like, mm. I love that thing. I will not go anywhere without it. And it's funny because I'm always the girl that's like carrying around a camera and like, and like Rhino in Denver. And it's like this very artsy scene. And people are like, yeah. ooh, are you a photographer? And like, at first I was like, no, I'm just taking pictures. But now I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> like, I am a photographer. Um, because I've, I've tracked my progress and I've taken a lot of time to... Um, you know, watch YouTube videos, um, research different modes within my camera, learn it inside and out. Um, I've invested in more gear and I've just really come to love it because I, this is the most recent realization of mine. This is my other defining moment that I've come to realize, um, that I want to pursue photojournalism. It combines the two things that I love most mm. writing mm. and photography. And it took me to this point to realize that I'd always loved it, but it just unfolded in its own way. And I needed to take a certain path to get there. And I'm glad that I went through all the different jobs that I went through because ultimately it got me to right here. Yeah. So I'm sure there's many people out there, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, I want to become a photographer. Mm -hmm. I want to become a photojournalist, right? Mm -hmm. 
lot of people I'm sure have that like desire and, and connection to photography, but they don't think it's realistic to right. turn into like a life or a career. Mm -hmm. So how, like how, how have you personally kind of like overcome that thought of like, yeah, I can make this my career and my life if I want to. Yeah. You know? I think a lot of it has been honestly listening to other podcasts too about yeah. people that talk about mindset mm. because I actively work on changing my mindset every single day. It's a workout for my brain every single day to combat those negative thoughts of like, what, what if I can't do this? Mm. It's like, no, why, why am I thinking that? Of course I can. It's just, it's changing your mindset. Totally. To, you're getting in your own way. Fear is getting in your own way. And um, just listening to people that have overcome such big things. Like I was recently listening to a podcast with Lewis Howes and, um, and this doctor, I forget, oh gosh, I forget his name, but. Oh, you're, uh, Dispenza. Yes, Joe Dispenza. Dispenza. He's my man. Dude, he yeah. read my mind. I am read reading his book. His book. Yeah. <laughs> I am currently Breaking reading his book. Being yourself? Yes. Yeah. I am currently reading his book. Yeah, that's um, mind-blowing. But, you know, he overcomes this injury to his spinal cord through his mind yeah and it sounds crazy and it isn't yeah. because it's so true and I started reading his book and it talks about like the literal breakdown of atoms and neurons and how it's just energy and it's not physically there it's literally just energy but it creates physical things so obviously it can have an effect on the physical world so having read <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so because so because I've been reading things like along those lines of Joe Dispenza um that has helped my mindset so much because now I'm starting to visualize what if my photography and my photojournalism was in National Geographic? Mm. Like that is my there end goal. Go. I want to be in National Geographic yeah. so badly that I will literally visualize it every single day Yeah, and think of the steps to get me to that point. Or if I want to work with a certain client, like I have monthly clients now that are totally across different industries. And it's super cool because they all have different stories. They're all small business owners in Denver um, and badass. Mm. Like they all went through this same kind of realization that I had of just like, I want to own my own business because I want to build something. For some people, it's um, a furniture business. Like I work with this super cool modern furniture business. Um, for others, it's real estate. So... Um, I work with this girl who's a total badass real estate broker, but also has side businesses on the side. And along those lines, everybody needs photos. Mm -hmm. And um, I've worked with chefs. I've done restaurant openings. I've done all these crazy different things. But the common thing through each person is that they wanted to build something. So then I was like, well, I want to build something. I am building something. I'm building a network of all these small business owners. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell their story because nobody else will. Mm. so that was kind of my realization about this photojournalism and if I start visualizing it in my head and like Joe Dispenza says you also have to feel it mm. you're like, getting it that's Claire. The you're getting big, it. I'm getting it <laughs> I'm having this realization as we speak but you have to feel it and I yeah. feel it every single time that my eye is behind my lens because I see different things now I look for different frames and I can see the way, now that I have my own style of editing, I can see how certain frames can look with those edits. And it's, it, for lack of better terms, it's so cool. It is mm. so cool to feel like, whoa, like where is this photo going to go? Aside from my client because they really want it. But like where could it go? Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, well, it's going to be a National Geographic. Yeah. Of course, where else would it be? Yeah, and you are... <laughs> and I'll feel this way when I see it printed I didn't, I didn't anticipate the conversation going this way, and I love it. But, like, yeah, in having that mindset where, like, you're already that photographer mm -hmm. that has that National Geographic cover or whatever. Hell yeah. Or, or piece. <laughs> like, just brings that, like, feeling to your everyday. Like, I'm a fucking badass. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you kind of have to say yeah. that to yourself every yeah. day. Because, again, like... Uh, I'm not superwoman. Like there are definitely yeah. days that I'm just like, 
down in the dumps on myself. But then you kind of have to be like, why? Like, why am I feeling this way? Because I'm in National Geographic. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, the universe responds to who you are being. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And Super if I cool. visualize this person of who I want to be in the future, again, we're going back to Joe Spencer because he's awesome. <laughs> but he's just like, your brain cannot distinguish. If you visualize it every day and you feel it every day, your brain does not distinguish who you are in the future to who you are right now. Yeah, they think tell. whoever you are in the future is who you are right now. So... Yeah. I am that person. Love it just it. will take time to get there, but I am that person who yeah. will be featured in National Geographic. You've I heard it here first. It. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We'll replay this when, uh, when the time oh, comes. Oh, it's going to be great at the launch party. <laughs> Can you remember that time? <laughs> so at some point along your, your path here, plant-based food Yes, comes into the picture. It definitely does. So can we get into that? Like what sparked it? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So roll. most of my life, I felt sick from food. Mm. I'm talking like 20, maybe 21 years of feeling so awful from food. Like severe pain in my upper abdomen. Like could not get rid of it. Would take anything to try and calm my stomach down but nothing really worked so I'd be sitting in pain for like six hours at a time just like unable to move because I'm in so much pain and I never ate red meat I would get violently sick from it um I didn't like the texture of fish (laughs) um the only meat that I ate was chicken and turkey and I still didn't feel good from it Mm. but uh, everybody was like, oh, you have to get protein you somehow. Need protein, you need your protein, You need your protein. And I'm like, well, it makes me feel like shit, so I guess I'll eat it, and I'm going to have to deal with the consequences. Um, so realistically, I never really ate meat aside from those two poultry, which didn't make me feel good anyways. Um, I had dairy. I never ate or drank, I guess, really just drank milk. Milk was gross. Um, I did when I was a kid, but then we fully transitioned out of it because it's just disgusting. And <laughs> sorry, guys, it just no, it yes. is the thought of it just makes me cringe. Um, when my mom would cook certain things in the house that were animal products, the smell bothered me so much that I had I would have to go outside. Mm. And it was funny, and it's so funny now looking back because my body then rejected it. I didn't want it. So why was I eating it? Mm. And everybody was just like, excuse me. Everybody was just like, oh, you must be a picky eater. You probably don't want that because of the smell or whatever. And no, my body just didn't want it. I didn't want to eat it. I didn't want it in my body. I didn't want to smell it. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I had to, because that's what my mom was making. Yeah. Um, I, sorry to cut you off, but you reminded me of like, the things I used to overcome to eat some of those things. Yeah. Like when like my mom was cutting like the chicken breast and I'm like looking at like, I like could the fat on it. Never and look she's at cutting it. off the fat and I'm just like, it grossed me out, but like I had justified like yeah. that it was all right. And then like my dad always used to like uh, get like calamari. Like yeah. whenever yeah. we went out in like the legs of like, <laughs> it like grossed me out so hard. <laughs> But it was like, you know, the legs were my dad's favorite. So like, you know, I like justified and like just sort of sucked it up and got over it and called it food when I was freaking grossed out by it. Yeah, it was so gross. Which doesn't make sense. But now I'm laughing about it because my entire family is vegan now. (laughs) So I'm like, remember that time that you thought I was a picky eater, but realistically I didn't want to have any of that. Yeah. I mean, and it's funny because the last thing that I gave up, so I totally gave up all meats, never ate seafood. Last thing I gave up, and I thought I was being healthy because I was like, oh, I eat egg whites. Like, I'm healthy. Yeah. And um, cheese was a big thing for me. I loved cheese. As soon as I cut those things out, I felt a million times better Mm. because I didn't realize that cheese is literally addicting. Yeah. So two weeks go by without cheese. I don't have stomach aches anymore. I don't have headaches anymore. 
headaches was, I think, more so the eggs because there's so much, there are so many hormones that are in them. Even if they say hormone free, it's like, no, there are yeah. still hormones in them yeah, because we're like, America. In, in and the same with the cheese too. It's yeah, like, exactly. It's a pregnant cow. It's, it's a menstrual cycle of yeah. a hen. Like, exactly. Those are the things you're eating. It's, it's loaded with hormones. It's loaded it's with hormones. hormones and yeah. they say hormone free. And it's like, no, yeah. you idiot. Um, but they would give me migraines. Mm. So as soon as I cut out those those two things, no more debilitating stomach aches, no more migraines. I haven't had a migraine since I went vegan. Mm. That is huge for me because you're out and like can't be in light for hours on end and your head is just, I can't even explain the pain. Um, so I was literally in pain from eating the food that I was eating. And I've been vegan for over a year and a half now. Um, I changed my diet when I was 21, 22. Like I cut out a bunch of things. Like that's kind of when I stopped um, eating egg yolks and butter and all those different things. Um, but truly vegan, truly plant-based is about a year and a half ago. And I literally have never looked back because I've never felt better. Mm. And I always associated food with pain. So now that I can enjoy food without the consequences of enjoying food, like I feel fantastic. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. So what else outside of sort of the feeling better and health aspects, has it changed sort of your, the way you look at other things at all? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, that was kind of the first catalyst, I think, that helped change my mindset because then I had the energy to do all of these other things. So I started reading, I started listening to podcasts. I started creating a morning routine, even though I'm not a morning person. Like I start, it was really just that catalyst that helped get me on board with all of the other things that I'm doing currently today. And it keeps me fueled throughout the day because I have long hours. I have weird hours. Mm. So I'll, in the morning, I usually wake up, I'll make my own acai bowl, do all those different things, have my coffee, of course. Um, and then I'll go work out. And then I work. And I work probably from 10.30 to 2 a.m. Mm. Because I edit at night. That's kind of my creative, like, I am a total moon child. Like, mm. I love the night. <laughs> so that's my, my most creative point. So I'll be editing anywhere from 10 to 2 a.m. But... I need to keep my fuel going. Like I need to be awake and alert and coffee can only do so much. Mm. So I need, I needed really good foods and I needed foods that would never slow me down. And I started cooking a lot. Like I love to cook and I will cook every single meal mostly because, I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to be vegan or plant-based in, in Denver because people are very receptive to it. I mean, it's, it's Colorado. Yeah. Like Boulder's 20 minutes away. Yeah. So it's super <laughs> yeah. easy to do. Um, but still, some restaurants don't understand what being plant-based means. Mm. Um, and I'll order something. And they're like, oh, there's butter. And I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> like, I am plant-based. I am butter asking for a vegan not, <laughs> Yeah. So like, <laughs> there are plant-based mm -hmm. restaurants that are there. But like other restaurants that are like trying to be nice and like accommodate. And like they have other things that are plant-based, um, some things like they still kind of mess up. Yeah. So I just prefer to cook for myself where I know exactly what I'm buying. Mm. I'm going to markets and I'm getting fresh food. Like the Boulder's far farmer's market is probably the greatest thing on earth that I've ever seen. <laughs> it's amazing. Not only for the food, like for the photos too, but like the people watching the food trucks that are there that have plant-based options and, um, the markets themselves, it's all local. Like it's just colorful. Everything mm. about it is so vibrant. And I'm such a visual person that seeing this vibrancy is just, it, it's an awakening. Mm. <laughs> it really is. And so when I eat well, everything about my day just tends to go well. Mm. Even if I slip up with, you know, like, I love pizza. I love vegan cheese. Because, of course, I loved regular cheese. But now I really love vegan cheese. So sometimes I'll, like, make a pizza for dinner. I'm like, mm, you know, that was really good. 
but kind of wish I went with a bootable instead. Mm. So there, you can still have slip-ups when you're plant-based. It's still healthier than the, than the alternative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, when you start your day out well, the rest of it is going to go well. And it just, for me, it starts with eating plants. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Right there with you. Right there with and you. It makes a world's difference, and it's funny that a lot of people don't realize it. And yeah. my friends in Denver, since, you know, since I am plant-based, they've started to kind of meander into that realm as well. And my friends will text me and be like, I just made, like, I'm doing a challenge for a vegan week. Yeah. I had a full week of fully plant-based foods, and I feel literally 110%. Mm. So a lot of them, they don't eat meats. They, some of them will still eat cheese, but, like, for the most part, they're trying to get to that realm. And I'm like, once you hit it, like, you will be the best version of yourself. Mm. And that's not trying to sell, like, a selling point. I am a living example. You are a living example. My brother, Pete, Natalie, my mom, like people that are directly around me that are feeling the same things that I'm feeling, like that's just not, that's not a coincidence. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and other people that are plant-based, other people that you've had on your show, like it's not a coincidence yeah. <laughs> that these many people feel yeah. great from being plant-based and are succeeding in whatever realm that they're in. Mm. They're succeeding by eating and by having a clear mindset, which is what food is helping fuel. And it's translating to whatever they do. Amen. Yeah. It's, it's performance enhancing drugs. That's, that's what I call them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And you, you said something too about like being at the farmer's market and all the different colors and everything. And to me, it's just like an obvious, like logical, thing when you kind of step back and look at like foods Mm -hmm. and just that thought of like always being turned off by like the dead piece of meat like it was just it's just like a natural thing I could never look at it yeah no human I could literally never look at it you know it grossed me out to such an extent like my mom cutting the turkey when I couldn't smell it yeah because it was raw and dead and just there yeah and when she was like trying to do the stuffing and everything I couldn't be in the same room. Yeah. And you're like, let alone next to her. I'm like, ew, what is that? You're like, literally no. like stuffing like the chicken's like butt. With yeah. Like, it's like, so like whatever gross. it is. And, <laughs> and we've just become like numb to it. But when you step back and think about it, it's like, why, if that's the food I'm, um, the, if you want to call it food that I'm supposed to be putting in my body, why aren't I naturally like drawn to it? Why aren't I like, like when a freaking lion sees something dead and bleeding He's fired up. Mm-hmm. Why aren't I fired up? I'm grossed out by it. I would never eat that. Right. Right. So when you start just being logical about it, and then you mention the farmer's market with all the colors and the vibrancy, and you're drawn to the colors, you're drawn to like the fruit, the, the vegetables, the, the tomatoes. It's just like <laughs> there obvious. There are pink tomatoes. You know? They're yeah. so good. Yeah. But it, yes, it's obvious. It it's makes obvious. sense that yeah. I'm drawn to all these different colors because when I look at a plate, I want to see green, like these vibrant greens and reds and like these oranges and yellows from squashes and like it's just yeah it's beautiful why totally I don't know it's so interesting and and we've created this sort of all these sort of constructs around like the things we're told we need right and they're just all false yeah you know from the protein as you mentioned to yeah. like I mean that's the biggest question I get yeah. from people that don't really know what a plant-based diet is and they're like oh how do you get your protein and I'm like <sighs> yeah <laughs> and it's just like yeah and I always talk about like getting people to look at the food as a whole versus right. like the the macronutrients that we have come up with and and call you know fat sugar protein all this when right. it's just like Stop looking at food like that. Chicken is not protein. Chicken is a dead chicken. <laughs> like, you know, an apple is not sugar. An apple is an apple. Like, look at the food as a whole. Does it help you stay healthy or does it not? That's right. all you need to think about. Does it make you feel good or does it not? Yeah. Um, and if I people totally could just you. remove those stupid words, fat, sugar, carbs, protein from their life yeah and just eat foods that I mean, keep them healthy what if people broke it down to it. does it make me feel good or does it not yeah 
with a but, lot well, of things. Yeah, I would because I think people don't know how good they can feel. That's true. Right? That's so I think true. a lot of people are stuck in this and I was totally there. Like you're stuck in that way of eating and you think in your mind you're telling yourself you're eating healthy like right. that, like chicken breast is like lean protein and like you're kind of justifying it. Yeah, you and you get used point. to kind of feeling that low mm-hmm. and you've just never experienced like the next level of right feeling good. So but yeah. Like yeah, obviously if right. there's something you eat that makes you feel shitty, like but I I, I think most a lot of people just don't know or even how don't good care. they can feel. Or care. Yeah. Exactly. Some people just really don't care. They're yeah. just like, yeah, whatever food is food. Yeah. But I mean I I feel like my perspective has shifted too because I've been working a lot with chefs where food is an art. Mm. <laughs> like for them and and I've explained that I'm plant-based and most chefs get so excited about it. Yeah. Cause they're like, this is a new challenge. Mm-hmm. Like I want to try and do something different. Like, how do you feel about these vegetables? Like there's this place, um, my favorite neighborhood is Rhino river North, um, in Denver and very artsy, cool coffee shops, really interesting restaurants. Um, but there's this one place that's called call and, Every time I go in there, there's there's nothing plant-based on the menu, but the chefs are so talented, and I met them when I was doing, um, when I was photographing Slow Food Nations in Denver, um, and I told them that I was plant-based, and they are like, please come in. Mm. So I'm like, all right, sure, yeah, let's see what they do. And go in, tell the chef there, like, hey, like, we met at Slow Food Nations, like, I'm stopping in to say hi, and he's like, let me make you something plant-based, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like all right, like now we're cooking. And he was so genuinely excited because he was like, how do you feel about these vegetables? Like, do you like these? I just picked these. And at the time, like there's this, there's this little oasis in the middle of Colorado that not a lot of people know about. It's called Palisade. It's where most of the fruits and vegetables are grown in Colorado. And like, I'm not kidding. It is an oasis. It's just this little area of green that's surrounded by these monstrous cliffs and like mountains and everything. And you're like, this is weird. Um, but a lot of the fresh fruit and vegetables come from Palisade, specifically mm. known the peaches, mm. the Palisade peaches at their peak. A lot of peas there. Palisade peaches at their peak are so good. Eat it. And I didn't, I normally don't like peaches cause the texture kind of freaks me out, but they're so good. And he was like, and by the way, I got Palisade peaches <laughs> sold. I need it. Like, and so they get excited at yeah. really good restaurants. They get stoked out of their minds because it's a challenge. It's different than their menu. Yeah, they're it's not, just not banging the, the same, same old, menu same old. Item. I agree. Exactly. So yeah. I was presented with this dish that was insane. Everything was so fresh. Everything was sourced from Colorado. I had my Palisade peaches and my tomatoes that were unbelievable. And like, I, I love that. I love being able to get excited about food. I love that they're excited about food. I love that they think it's an art. Now I kind of feel like it's an art. So whenever I dish my own place, I always pretend I'm like lay chef over here. But when I dish my own plates, I like make sure that there's a variety of color. I make sure that there's a variety of different ingredients that I think would complement each other. I've learned to use spices and how to complement spices with each other. Like it really is an art yeah. to cook, especially with plants. It's yeah. fun. It's different. It's colorful. Um, you're yeah. able to get creative. Yeah. And to tie that back into sort of our energy conversation, right? <clears throat> like I do believe in like love is an ingredient you know and when you treat food as an art as you said and that energy of that chef getting fired up and like doing something really cool and i mean if you break it down like like dispenza says right everything is energy absolutely and you can choose to eat dead things that had miserable lives and negative energy that you're putting into your body or you can eat something that was prepared by that chef that's fired up that's alive and colorful and vibrant and yeah like that's that's it oh, everything's I, the transfer of energy I and when you believe i 100 yeah. believe that yeah absolutely and 
if I have friends over and I cook and they know I'm plant-based, I will I will not cater to them. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to touch meat. I don't want to see it in my house. So I will always make plant-based things for them. And 99.9% of the time, they say to me, I don't even miss the meat. Yeah, This is so flavorful and it's so good. And I, I want to make this. Totally. Yeah. I'm like, here's the recipe. <laughs> it, it was cool. Here you go. <laughs> it was cool. Last night we had some, uh, at the restaurant, we had uh, a group of people that were, there was one vegan out of like 11. Hmm. And we were cooking like, you know, pepperoni pizza, but the pepperoni was like beet and like just crazy awesome. stuff that like our chef was doing. And like all of them were just like, wait, what? Yeah. And like making tacos with like, you know, m- oyster mushrooms that, and we call them scallop t- tacos. And they're like, wait a second, what is going on? Yeah. And they're, it's just blowing their mind. And yeah, people just, you know, they, they just need to open up to it, I think. And they just Definitely. don't, they, y- y- there's no way you don't like it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I agree. It's, it's better than what you're eating. I don't think it, a yeah. lot of people will say, oh, it's an acquired taste yeah. to be plant-based. Yeah. No, it's not. Check your taste buds. Yeah. Like, I know you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah, you season your your meats with, with plants. Yeah, like, <laughs> literally. <laughs> so they taste good, you know? It's like... I yeah, never like, thought yeah. about that. Wait, that's hilarious. You like, yeah, you like marinate in season, like your dead things. <laughs> so they taste like, again, it took me yeah. a while to come to that realization but and i i I really like your point about energy too because it really is a it's good vibes only like people Mm. get excited about it people get excited about trying new things in general so try being plant-based yeah like there's good energy around it and and for me i feel like it, it really does tie back to being in touch with i mean you can go this route or you can't but because i live where i live like i'm i'm in the mountains um more times than I'm not like I I could live there and be yeah. totally fine um but it's that same energy that I feel when I go into the mountains when I eat it's just like there's this weird just overall positive but semi-mystical <laughs> like not to get too hippie Denver on you all but um it's just this positive energy yeah. and I want to feel like I'm in the right mindset most of the time and as I've said before, it starts with food. It's yeah. the environment that you're in for sure. Like you need to be happy with where you are physically, but it's the other things that you put into your body that can enhance the already positive feeling that you have by yeah. where you live. It's a it's a connectedness. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Who knows? No, Maybe I'm just going and, on, a, on and, another yeah, tangent. And I'm sure <laughs> people that are new to this may, you know, think we are a couple of hippies, but it is that. <laughs> oh, like, that girl lives in Colorado. <laughs> she must be a hippie. But, but on top of that, like, I'd like to point out, like, you know, you're saying how lucky you are to live in, you know, in the mount- by the mountains and everything in Colorado. But mm-hmm. one, that was a choice, right? right? You made that choice. Everybody can make a choice to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You know, um, the other thing is, yeah, like that connectedness of eating foods in nature mm-hmm. draws you into nature, you know, it really in does. like a really strange way. Like I find myself like, I don't go for runs on the road anymore. Like I find trails and like, yeah. you know, just like, and I walk in the woods and it's just like this weird shift that's happened. And I never used to be that way, but I believe it's just because of the way I eat now. Yeah. I think there yeah. is that underlying connectedness because if I met myself five years ago I was just like hey you live in Denver Colorado and you are plant-based and you go and camp and hike and fly fish and catch and release always but you fly (laughs) fish and you know you ski and you do backcountry like you do all these different things you rock climb now I'd be like No fucking way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm a Boston girl. Yeah, you're on Newbury um, Street with your yeah. with your coffee and your mimosa, right? That that's you, right? Yeah. It's just <laughs> yeah. it's so funny. Like I would have never believed where I would be today. Yeah. There's still points of struggle. There are still points of unknown. But I'm so happy with where I am. Mm. I'm happy with how I eat. 
I'm happy with my friends that I've made because we're all, we share the same values. We all love to do a lot of the same things. Like we love getting outside. Like a, a normal weekend usually consists of camping and hiking and climbing mm. in the summer. In the winter, you are at the top of that mountain and you're going <laughs> to ski down it whether you like it or not. So, but it's fun. It's, it's, it's that connectedness. Mm. You are literally one with nature and, and there are so many things out there that you don't really think about when you're out there. Like I was, I was camping with one of my friends and, and she was like, yeah, by the way, uh, we are in total bear country and there might be a mountain lion that stalk us, that might be stalking us. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, <laughs> uh, well, we're here, so let's do it. Yeah. If, if it happens, it happens. But, um, there's, there's that connectedness. Like you are living in somebody else's house. You are one with nature mm. and I eat plants when I'm out there. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and again, it's, it's like that logical thing for me that I tend to do like now when I step back and think yeah. about why do I feel good when I'm out in the mountains yeah. or out on a hike, like, or by the ocean and listen to the waves. Like, why does that make me feel good? And, and, serene, and, and, and we're, peaceful. you know, and we're called like the hippies and things like that yeah. because of that. But when you step back, it's like, oh, we're not supposed to be in like these, you know, stone buildings right. and behind a screen Concrete all day. jungles rather than regular yeah. jungles. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's just obvious. Like that's yeah. what humans are. We're supposed to be out in nature. Like it just, it's just obvious to me. Yeah. You know? And, and I think I've come to that point too, especially now living in Colorado and, and experiencing a lot of different terrains from like I was in Moab and that is so different than Colorado, mm. like totally different terrain, but still the same energy of mm. just, you look out to this vastness, you're like, what? Mm. <laughs> this is insane. And, and like going back to Joe Spenza, everything is energy. Mm. So it creates these physical places that you almost find yourself in. Like, I feel like I'm more myself now than I ever was because I'm connected to this energy of, you know, where I live and the places that I get to travel to. And, um, and it's funny too, because now that, now that I'm thinking about my travels, I was recently in Los Angeles and I went, I went to Gracias Madre. I don't know if you went there. <laughs> I saw Oh my God, it was so good. But, <laughs> so side note, that was literally the highlight of my trip, aside from seeing my friends and being there with them. But, like, that was the highlight of my trip. But everything else about it, I felt so drained from being in a city. Mm -hmm. The ocean was there, but, like, it wasn't the same because you were still in a city. Like, oh, I don't know, it wasn't a real ocean. Mm -hmm. You were on a city. So... When I got back to Denver, my friend and I looked at each other. We stepped off the plane and we're in the airport. We looked at each other. And we're like, oh, thank God we're back in Denver. Totally. <laughs> camping next weekend? Yes. <laughs> I was like, just kidding. I got to be in Boston. But camping after that. And she was like, yes. <laughs> so, so to somebody listening mm -hmm. that I got two. We'll do two separate ones here. Cool. First, we'll do the plant-based. Cool. All right. I'm, I'm giving this a try. What's step number one tomorrow somebody can take to, hmm. to get going that way? I think step number one, for me, I feel like breakfast is always the easiest hmm. because every breakfast food that you can make that is plant-based is so good. Hmm. Um, so for me, start with an acai bowl. Go get one of the little packets and throw whatever fruit you like in it put some granola on top, like that's the first step because that will be the fuel for the rest of your day. And it's, it just tastes good and it's colorful. The mm. things that I love, it's colorful. You use all these different berries and you put it all in and it's like magic. It's like, poof, it tastes really good. <laughs> You're like, wait a second. Um, but I think that's the easiest step. It, you kind of have to break it down meal by meal and at first, it'll be a conscious effort to think about what you want to make, but then it becomes habit because then you start realizing, oh, like for, like for lunch, for example. So I love doing Buddha bowls. So I'll always have quinoa and lentils as kind of my base mix, and then I'll throw whatever, in, whatever else in. 
Um, so first step, start with your acai bowl, go to the grocery store, pick out whatever your favorite vegetables and fruits are, and start getting creative with it. Play with colors, because typically when you match colors, the flavors will match with it. It'll taste really good. Mm. So go to the store, pick out your favorites, match colors, and then just start from there. Have fun with it. Get creative. Mm. Next one, I want to follow my passion. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? Ooh. That's a big one. That's a big one. I think to get started, it's internal. You have to, you almost have to tell yourself over and over again that you can do it because then it takes away that mental hurdle of I can't do it or I'm fearful of doing it and go into the mindset of would I, okay, I want to be careful about how I phrase this because I don't want it to sound negative, but would you 40 years from now, 50 years from now, or even on your deathbed, when you're taking your last breath, would you regret not taking that chance? If you think that you're going to have that regret, and that's kind of like my biggest driver of fear, is I don't want to regret anything. If you have that fear, or you think you might regret something, send it. (laughs) Literally, just get after it, because what do you have to lose? If you don't do it and you're going to regret it, who wants to have that feeling 40, 50 or, you know, on your deathbed? Who wants to feel like, God, I should have done that? And if you do get after it, if you realize like, this is my passion, I gave it 150% and now I'm here 40, 50 years later and you have two paths. One, it didn't work out. At least I tried it. You can pass it on to other people being like, look, like I gave it a shot. I went, I went and I did it and I loved every second of it. And turns out I wanted to do something instead, but I'm so happy I had that experience. That's one route. That's still a positive experience. The other route is, for example, me, I did it. I crushed it. I was in National Geographic. I did everything that I felt like I was supposed to do, that I was supposed to be on this earth for, I don't regret a second of it. Both of those end in not regretting anything because you gave it a shot anyway. So first step is internal, is just saying, I can do this. The second step, or the 1.5, is I will do this. Mm. And Love it. Yeah. Love it. And I, <laughs> I love the, that was amazing, we could end right there, but... I love the deathbed yeah. scenario, right? Because you will not be thinking about what you did for work. No. You will not be thinking about any of that crap. You'll be thinking about the experiences you had, the yeah. trip you did take, the chance you did take, mm-hmm. the time I, with friends and family. Did that, I live my life to the fullest? Yeah. Potential. Yeah. That's it. It's That's like, it. I, I, yeah, I, I love that. Like <laughs> the deathbed, like what, what do you, what are you looking back on and caring about? Yeah, you know? yeah. exactly. All right. Uh, well, I, th- I, I think we can wrap it up on that. A couple more though. Okay. Uh, so where can, <laughs> where can people like follow your photography, you on yeah. what, what's best Instagram? Instagram is definitely the best. Um, don't be shy to slide into those DMs if you have any questions. Um, I'm always super open to people asking me anything because I do lead a somewhat uncon- an unconventional life. So ask me questions. I'm on Instagram, um, at Claire O. Elizabeth. Um, shoot me a text, too, if you have my number. I don't care if we spoke yesterday or if we, didn't, or if we haven't talked in 10 years. I literally don't care. Shoot me a text. I'm happy to hear from you. Um, I have websites that I can always send you. There's two that are separate. I have my blog, which you can keep up with in terms of travels, lifestyle, health, um, and then my photography site too. So a couple different ways. Feel free to reach out. Cool. Well, I got one more, um, but before, thank you. 
Of course. Oh, thanks. Thanks for doing this. And this uh, took a couple times. Long, yeah, I know. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, it's like oh, I'm in Boston, and you're like I'm in Boston for three days. I'm yeah. Like, oh. like, <laughs> likely not gonna happen. Yeah. But uh, made it happen, and yeah, like I because we haven't seen each other in a while, like you're a different person. Like can totally see it, you know, and uh, it's cool to see. You know, like just, you seem content, not content, but like happy and, you know, in a good place. Thank you. Yeah. I really so, appreciate that. Yeah. So last question, which you probably know what's coming. This podcast is called Eat Green, Make Green. Mm-hmm. I believe that eating green, living a plant-based lifestyle, living vegan puts me in the best position to succeed at whatever it is I do in my life. And whatever my particular goal is at any time is kind of how I define the make green portion of that. Mm -hmm. So I'd ask you, what does make green mean to you? Meaning at the end of the day, why do you live a plant-based lifestyle? At the end of the day, I feel like this, this again, breaks off into two portions. Um, I eat a plant-based lifestyle because I know that it'll keep me going through those after hours that I work, the 10 to two. Um, but it's also going back to the energy, like make green. It's funny because I literally see this like green aura, like positive energy. Mm -hmm. And so make green can have a lot of different connotations. Obviously, you know, make green, you can make money, you're successful, but make green, make positive energy, Mm -hmm. have a positive influence on your community, have a positive influence on, whatever it is that you're doing, like give back, create more green, whether that, whatever it may be, doesn't have to be anything that I say, but just make green as in positive energy, whatever the actual physical outlet is. So Mm -hmm. I guess in general, make green is make, make good vibes for me. Love it. (laughs) Love it. Cool. We did it. We did it. Cool. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for having me.